Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Land Parties, episode number 50 from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Lucas Egan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how was your Christmas weekend? It was fantastic. Uh, we did a vir- virtual meetup with the parents, my brother and his family. So it was good to still be able to hang out and at least see each other's faces. We opened up presents together uh, doing that as well. So it was good. I I, uh, I, I end up I got a drone, so I'm excited to go out and do some playing with that and and you know widen the toolbox as far as uh, video capabilities. So that was awesome. How was yours, my friend? It was good. It was good. I got to see my parents have some Christmas dinner with them. Uh, They got me an office chair, which, you know, in this day and age is sorely needed. (laughs) We're back thanks to you, I'm sure. (laughs) Right? Got some other, you know, it's funny because uh, on our last episode when when we mentioned Pokemon cards, well, my girlfriend got me a bounty of Pokemon packs to start opening through. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So it was fun. It was good fun. Just, Just nice to spend some time either virtually or in person with some loved ones so that is great and we've got kind of a fun episode for you guys today uh we are going to interview each other and just give you guys a chance to get to know us on a little deeper level have some fun with that but first we have some pretty interesting topics to chat about ryan Let's just start with probably the strangest gaming console announcement that I think maybe in the history of gaming consoles. <laughs> Dude, I had to, I had to go and look to see that this was real and I kept seeing it in the headlines and I'm just like a KFC console? Like this has <laughs> got to be a joke, right? Cuz they've got a pretty good meme account I feel on uh Twitter and stuff like that. This thing is legit. This thing is not only legit but it is a monster of a uh, gaming console from from what they've uh, uh, built out. It's basically the same folks that uh, uh, that design, you know, Cooler Masters. They do the cases. They build PCs and stuff like that. This is essentially a, a PC. They, th- they threw an i9 uh, into this PC. They have a graphics card that that you can swap out which I think is brilliant. I'd love to have a console that you could switch out the the graphics card. Uh, they've got a two terabyte uh, PCIe uh, MVME. Um, uh, I think it's a two terabyte uh, uh, drive for it. This thing is a is a monster. It's got ray tracing, 240 frames per second. We're up to 240 hertz output. How is this real? Not only that, the 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 guy is is the fact that it will also warm yo chicken. <laughs> <laughs> this is legit. 
Could this there be any this. better combination of things, Ryan? <laughs> Come on. A little chicken, a little gaming. I mean, my the controllers are going to hate you. It's going to be greasy. <laughs> but, I mean, how? How? Why? Why is this a thing? I don't understand. This is crazy. Yeah, like yourself, I thought this just must be a stunt, a ploy. <laughs> but, I mean, I I'm still, like, so befuddled by this on like why this is how they're choosing to <laughs> increase brand awareness <laughs> like, mm-hmm. i'm not sure i will say this kfc if you want to send us a review system we're all for it <laughs> we'll <Absolutely>. do it <laughs> absolutely the thing about it though is too is like i haven't i don't know if this like is there like an actual release date is when's it you know is it gonna like this could completely throw a whole different because i think most consoles are built uh using amd uh graphics card so it would be interesting uh you know seeing one on the uh uh on the intel side being built i mean this thing is no slouch but at least the specs that they've talked about in this so I, i'm 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 curious to see if this i'm still like that's why i was like i don't know that we talk about is this real i still <laughs> feel like it's like i could i could physically see it but it's like what games are gonna be on there they talked about um crossplay compatibility what does that mean exactly like does it have stuff built for stadia and and some of these other things i'm really curious i mean i don't really know that anybody would practically <laughs> keep their chicken warm but i mean if you had that ability Maybe you would. I don't know. Two four K. Come on, that would be a game changer. It would come out of nowhere. This is coming out of nowhere. I I, I still feel like this is fake. <laughs> yeah, this does seem like the world's most elaborate April Fool's joke, which which is just strange because it's December. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it does feel fake. But, like, I kind of want it to be real. Like, I kind of want them to release this thing. (laughs) That would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Like, what? We've been working on some stuff, too, guys. You know what? If if for some reason, if somehow we got one, I would try the chicken chamber. I would. would would (laughs) You'd be a fool not to try the chicken chamber. You have to try the chicken chamber. They have a chicken chamber. Um, that is, yeah, I, but Greece, where, where would the Greece deposit? Like these questions I need answers to. However, if this is real, I, I hope we can get our hands on it because that sounds amazing. Uh, especially from a console standpoint, this could be somebody coming in at a left field. You know what I mean? With the right price point, maybe it gives people more of an option. Again, I don't discriminate on how people play games uh, or how I play games. I just want to play games no matter how I, you know what I mean? So more competition is good. And, you know, I've, I've always been a firm believer in that. And that will bring other companies and other people to say, oh, maybe we can do that. Or, hey, I've got a better idea. Let's develop it this way. So we'll see about this. This is a funky one for sure, though. I was just like, man, I was like, like I, I've been seeing it. And I, I've been reading the, the headlines. And I was like, nah, that can't be real. That can, that's a big old joke. That is a big old joke. It kind of reminds me of back in the day, the Burger King. I think it was the 360 games that they made. Like they made like like actual short video games that you could get. (laughs) Really? That is crazy. I mean, it makes sense though. You know what I mean? As far as, I mean, I guess it does. It 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 
it's definitely within the demographic, you know what I mean? Hey, order some chicken, play some video games. Again, I don't think that they've thought about the greasy fingers aspect of it. That would be my thing. I'm not much like I will. I will like eat stuff sometimes. I totally do. I, who, who, who am I kidding? Yeah, I, I eat some stuff, but I try to at least have a napkin next to me so I don't get all, you know what I mean? Like, can't get the controller all greasy and slimy. Come on now. No, right. And depending on the game, that's really dangerous because if you get mad, that thing's going to fly. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes your monitor. There goes your TV. <laughs> this is crazy. We'll have to, we'll have to see uh, if this is uh, if this is in fact true. And if so, KFC, holla at your boys. Uh, let us know. Let's 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 test this bad boy out. I think it's fantastic. Crazy, crazy story, man. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, so. Before we get into the the part where we talk to each other, we had a few people reach out to us on social media to ask us a couple of questions that, Ryan, I think we should address here. And I'm going to start with Happy Hour Gaming's question. That's a hard hitter. This one is going to be, and Ryan, okay, I'm going to say this. We cannot cheap. We cannot give the cheap answer to this question. That's going to be a rule. Okay. No cheap answers. We'll give you guys straight talk, real answers. Okay. So Happy Hour Gaming wants to know, what is our favorite interview moment from this year? Oh, man. You know, I want to get the cheap answers so bad. I'm not going to, but I want to. Because there really have been so many amazing moments and just getting to speak with so many different guests from so many different uh, aspects of, of video gaming in, in that world from the business side, uh, journalists, uh, actors, uh, developers. It, it's been fantastic. For me personally, I think my favorite uh, was was probably Sandra. Uh, she was just so much fun to talk to and, and everybody's been fun, but like her, her personality is so infectious. I love people like that, that they just, they just give you their energy and they just willingly put out their energy to the world. Uh, you know what I mean? Which is a beautiful thing. And, and anytime you're able to receive that and be around that, it just makes everybody better. You know what I mean? Uh, so for me, uh, Sandra probably was, was, uh, uh my favorite interview. What about your man? Very nice. You know, it, you're right. It's tough because it seems like you're choosing your favorite child sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the model. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because from from my personal background, talking to Greg Miller was just like such a cool moment. This is a guy that I had been listening to and reading and watching for for years and years and years since he was on IGN before he even mm -hmm. started kind of funny. So like that moment was just like personally really cool. But I had a couple moments in mind, uh, specific moments that I thought were hilarious. Asking Jen Taylor if she had a Windows PC and ever used Cortana on Windows was just, <laughs> I don't know, so much fun. <laughs> and and when we chatted with Jeff Shine about Avengers and asking him which which actor would be the worst at being their hero in real life, <laughs> Nolan North apparently, <laughs> like that moment I just found hilarious. And I was shocked that he actually answered, honestly. <laughs> I mean, there were so many that that was fantastic. Uh, but just being able to have have people on and 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 have fun um, for people, you know, again, you know, going into this whole thing, the, the whole world shifted 
for everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I feel like it's really helped us to be able to reach out and connect with these people that maybe we wouldn't have had the opportunity uh, to beforehand or if we, you know, were just in the building and stuff like that. So, you know, again, just having that silver lining, this opportunity to be able to have so many fantastic guests uh, on this show, people coming on and spending their time to to jibber jab with you and I, you know what I mean? And, and of course, everyone that's out there listening, um, it's, it's absolutely incredible. So, I mean, again, there, I, I feel like everybody that we've had on brings and has brought something different. Uh, in a different perspective and really getting to get down and, and starting to know some of these professionals uh, that are in the world, you know, not only what their accomplishments and things that they've done uh, on screen or in the public eye, but we get to dive a little deeper and get to know them as people and 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 share that with you guys. You know, I, I think it's fantastic. That's why, you know, again, for me, I, I love every interview. It's, it's just it's so interesting and, and awesome to to get to to speak and and talk about video games with so many different people it's crazy right and to hear their different backgrounds and how they got to where they were and and you see like these these crazy and wild stories you know some of them knew they wanted to be like a voice actor since they were a kid other people are like stumbling into their dream job like fernando at a really young age (laughs) so so like it it's just crazy to hear that and and I think I hope it's inspiring for people, too, because just to see that, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what stage you are in life or what your background was. If you want to be a part of this industry, there are multiple ways to get in there. And uh, I think these guests show you that that it's possible. It's very realistic for you to work at it and get there one day. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. We, we had another question, too. This one is this is a two parter. Uh, this is from Aaron L. White uh, on Twitter, but was asked on Facebook, if you could have one role on a game development team and be gifted the talent to do that job at a high level, what would it be? And also, if you could be a pro at any esport, what would you choose? Oh, man. So Great question, Aaron. It Great is. Great questions. It is. You know, for the game development side, I would say writer. I would love, I wish I could have that ability to, like, craft a story and craft scenes that, like, stick with people long after they get done playing. You know, I always go back to, like, a game like The First Last of Us and, like, to, to be able to craft and imagine a scene like that opening scene to that game and yeah. like, like I had to take a break after playing the opening to The Last of Us. So I'm like, dude, that was heavy. Like that was heavy. It really was. We didn't know it was coming. We didn't see it coming. Right. To to be able to craft an emotional and and thrilling story would is something that I just I wish I could do. That that's what I would choose. What about yourself for that first part? For me, I'd have to, again, I'm an actor. So it, it's the voice acting side uh, that really, you know what I mean? That always holds my heart and just being able to be any character, you know what I mean? Like so many have said, you get to be anybody that you want to. And, and it goes even further uh, within video games, animation and stuff like that. So for me, the voice acting, it would it would be amazing to and I, it's still a goal of mine to 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 act in a video game. Um, you know, again, if, if anything, we've learned that it is very doable. You just have to do and learn and grow and and all that stuff. So it, it would be that would be amazing uh, for me. As far as the esports side, 
that's an easy one. Overwatch, baby. <laughs> if I could be good at any game and like like ultimate good, it would be Overwatch. Uh, hands down. I was literally playing comp last night. It was, it was all right. It was all right. Uh, it wasn't the greatest. <laughs> but that would be my game for sure. I would be an Overwatch pro um, and it would be amazing. I love that game. You know how much I love that game. Um, for sure. What about yours? What would your uh, Overwatch or what would your Overwatch? Your esports. What would your esports? Look at that. I got Overwatch on the mind, son. <laughs> you know, I would have said Super Smash, but seeing the mm. uh, challenges Nintendo is having with the esports community, yeah. maybe, maybe not so much anymore. Honestly, honestly, I wish I could be uh, a pro at League of Legends just because of the way they built up that league. Like to get to experience like yeah. the world championships or something like that, like like and be a competitor there on like on stage and you have like thousands of fans in person plus yeah. uh, countless more online. Like that experience would just be awesome. Like they've. I think they've definitely done a great job building up esports into this spectacle. So that would be something that I would love, 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 and wish I could be a part of and just just experience. That is true because they, and especially with League, they go huge uh, on those. I don't know if you guys are familiar with, uh, you know, if you ever caught any of the World Championships or anything like that, but like those things are a huge production. And you're right. That would be absolutely exhilarating to be even even to be a part of that. Uh, but to to be on that kind of stage to not only and this is again, you got to think this is the biggest game in the world. So you're not just limited to the country that you're in. This is you know, these people have fans around the world. They are they are world, you know, they are known worldwide, which even I didn't, you know, until I went to that tournament here. Uh, uh, what was it last year, the year before? I had never been. I didn't realize just how big it really was. Because, again, I'm not a big MOBA player. So I've always kind of like, and I know I knew about the game. I was like, yeah, you know, but like until I was there and I was just like, like, what? What is going on? This is crazy. Uh, That was wild. Uh, That was wild. I think that's a good choice, though. That was a good choice. (laughs) Yeah, that, you know, it's funny. I mean, I stink at the game because I, I like I said, I, I always say I think I discovered it way too late. So anytime I even tried to learn, I just was like, I don't even understand what's going on. And right. I feel like people are like, what is this guy doing? Why is he here? But, <laughs> but it would people be People get so salty. That's the thing. Like people get so salty and they get super sweaty at that game. So like it makes you even more not want to play it because then people start yelling at you. That's why I don't really <laughs> like playing Battle Royales, dude. Because like you're on a team and like if you don't make the right move or you don't do the thing your your teammates are yelling at you like, what are you doing bro and i'm like i don't know man i'm just trying to play the game I'm like, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> it didn't work out for me what do you want <laughs> Stop yelling at me. Yeah, right right <laughs> this is my first time guys <laughs> yeah that's why i had to stop playing fortnite dude because like I, I i like the defining moment was when i was watching people build up and I was just like, nah, dude, like I can't even like I'm sitting there like putting one one thing at a time like, oh, well, there we go. Let me let me try to. I'm just like, nah, dude, I'm done with this game. Oh, man, <laughs> I had a similar experience as watching somebody in the middle of the game just build in like seconds. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, like, all right, I'm done. It's like I'm gonna try to shoot you from the ground, but clearly you need the high ground. <laughs> I got the high ground. The high ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Fortnite. Nope, nope. 
it's hard pass for me on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm kind of similar too with with MOBAs, I guess. And for me, MOBAs isn't like could I had gotten decent at Paragon and I started understanding it more and more when I was playing that. But for something about MOBAs, they just like I like to go in and like do things and like try to get kills and then pop out maybe. But I like you have to slow play. Those games are slow play games. You have to build up to where you can do it and then you can start doing stuff like that. And I always start getting got and then, you know what I mean? Like it's a mess. It's a mess. Those <laughs> games are hard. They are. Those games are hard. They are. Not More hard. power to all the players who are actually good at those kinds of games because my goodness, yeah. I'm not one of them. <laughs> no, not. I will never. I You know, I've conceded like. I will never be good, you know, at a MOBA. I just, it just, but again, I, I, that is not going to stop me from trying. Can I mess around with Heroes of the Storm? Uh, I, I really like that game because it has ca- uh, characters from uh, Overwatch in it as well. So I'm at least familiar with some of the characters and stuff. But, uh, you know, again, it's, uh, I, have, I don't play it that often because MOBAs take so long. You know what I mean? Like you're talking about a standard, a standard match being between 30 to 45 minutes. Like, dude, I don't have time to like, I'm locked in for 30 to 45 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like you got to pop out and do something or, or those that have, you know, that have kids and stuff like that. The kid comes, you can't just pause and be like, all right, I'll be right back. Like you are in there and then people are going to get mad at you if you ain't doing your job. <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's, it's like all that work, all that time for, for that L. Nah, come on, man. Come on, buddy. <laughs> no, those are some great questions. Yo, super great questions, guys. If you guys want to keep throwing us questions, feel free and we'll, we'll answer them as we go forward into the new year. So hopefully send in some more questions. Those, those, these are fun. Yeah, at Land Parties, at Land Parties Pod on Twitter. Uh, hit us up. Let's take a quick break, Lucas, and then we'll come back, uh, talk a little bit about ourselves, get to know us a little better, and we'll see you on the other side. Lilla. Two thousand twenty has already reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. 
Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The NBA is back in action and football is heading into the playoffs. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off your wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages. And now for the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> so, obviously, Ryan, we both work for the Review Journal. But... Tell us, how did you get here? How did gaming intersect with your career to and, and help you get to this point of doing LAN parties? Yeah, so for me, gaming has always been very much a part of my life. I was on uh, the Brew Party podcast show uh, here last week, and I talked about, and, and I recently got a VCR, and I watched it. Uh, but I got a Nintendo 1989 Christmas and, uh, you know, ever since then, I've been playing games. It's always kind of been a part of my life, whether it's something I enjoyed or whatever. Back in the day, my brother and I would record it and we would like announce playing Mario Kart against each other. We had fierce, the fiercest competitions. So we didn't even know what we were doing back then. But that I kind of says was the unofficial start of kind of broadcasting wise again i went to school for broadcasting i was in tv uh for almost 13 years uh working at the abc affiliate out here so a lot of that stuff from the broadcast world translated over uh into streaming and content creation uh again i'm an actor as well so it it all kind of just i mean it makes sense to do it uh, to be able to create my own content to be able to do stuff and really that's what it is for me is like i enjoy creating stuff and i enjoy playing video games so to be able to mash those two and marry those two worlds together has been absolutely amazing and something i never even realized it could be a thing that i could do um i just did (laughs) what about yourself how has video games really kind of you know what i mean how has it you know you coming up into where you're at how has it influenced you you know, it, it's interesting because my first gaming console was the Game Boy Color, that little purple see-through-ish one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first game that I can really remember playing, of course, was Pokemon. And so that like introduced me into like a whole the whole social aspect of gaming, even though I didn't understand what was really going on with it. But you know, just the trading, the battling, the you know discussion that was like right in the midst of the Pokemon craze. I mean, not that it's really got away, but the start of the Pokemon craze. And so to be part of like a shared experience, both competitively and cooperatively, was like something that like I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, 
And then, you know, my first home console was an Xbox uh, playing games like Halo and all that, like introduced me to like the epic scale of stories that gaming could tell. And of course, the multiplayer parties at night with friends and all that good stuff. I uh, I went to college for journalism. And so, you know, it's funny. I even from a kid, I was making like fake newspapers for my parents. <laughs> so like it yeah. feels like journalism was like always going to be a thing for me. But gaming at some point kind of just intersected where i'm like hey you know this industry i've loved for years it's something that's growing and continues to grow and is now huge as an industry is there a way i can do both and tell people stories within the gaming industry and i mean that's just kind of how the idea started for us um you know it's funny i don't know that we've ever told how we actually started this podcast but ryan we had never met before before our boss (laughs) introduced us just kind of passing by i don't know where you guys were headed but he just stopped and said oh hey i think you guys would be good to do that gaming podcast together and that was it like that was the start (laughs) (laughs) it's funny it's funny that that because from my perspective and that was i think that was my first or second week being there and you know so i'm going around i'm having a you know a bunch of meetings a bunch of trainings this and that but actually it was something that they had brought up in the interview that, you know, because uh, I'm also a part of the CFG Gamecast, uh, which we've been doing for almost two years now. And when he brought that up, oh, hey, don't you you also do a gaming uh, podcast right now? Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had mentioned something about it. Oh, you got to meet this. Uh, you got to meet this guy, Lucas. Uh, he's uh, he, he's a, a, a gaming journalist and whatnot. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And then and then we just happened to I, I was with them and we were in the newsroom and that's it. Oh, yeah. By the way, this is Lucas. You guys should do that gaming podcast together. Yes, we should. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you know, the great the great part about that story is <clears throat> I had talked to our boss about potentially doing a gaming podcast and hadn't heard anything for months. <laughs> like, like I assumed the idea was dead because he didn't tell I, he didn't tell me anything about it until that moment when he's like, "Okay, go, guys." <laughs> like, okay, that's great. And then it was yeah. And then we went we moved fast again. We also have to give a, a, a huge thanks to the uh, our executive producer or who was our, our former executive producer uh, uh, Reed Redman. Uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic, uh, producer, fantastic guy. You know what I mean? He w- sat down and, and worked with us as we were building out the podcast from, you know, the conception of the name, logo, the, all the, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, again, just to be able to have the opportunity and, and what an opportunity to be able to talk about, we're, we're getting paid to talk about video games and, and speak to all these guests and, you know, stuff like that. It, it, again, it's a dream come true on my end, something that I never even realized could, could be a thing, <laughs> I guess. And then not only that, but the fact that we're sitting here doing it from our homes uh, is, is absolutely incredible. So, you know, just to be able to have the opportunity to, to produce this show, to talk video games, to talk about the business, to, to, you know what I mean? All everything encompassing has been uh, absolutely amazing. You know, Ryan, and I know you also are a streamer. Uh, Obviously, you mentioned you're also on another gaming podcast. So for somebody who's looking to get into streaming or somebody who's looking to get into more of the the content creation side, what would your advice be? Like, what what have you learned that you think would be helpful for people to, to know? 
Oh man, I could, I could, I could, the rest of the podcast could just be things. <laughs> I'm learning. I'm still learning, you know, as we speak. Uh, but I mean, I, I think one of the most important things is just getting on and doing it. Uh, it's important to, to, to give it a shot. And I also think it's really important. People get very caught up in the creation side of the, you know, what am I going to do with my stuff and this and that it's just as important to, to really watch and digest other people's content as well is it's number one, a great place to get ideas for your own content, seeing things that people are doing, but people are really producing some amazing stuff and they are pushing the boundaries as far as, I mean, we had sushi dragon on this guy, you know what I mean? He's got, uh, he's still there working out of a new uh, studio. Now he's got like a legit dedicated studio. He's doing the, uh, 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 oh my goodness. What was it? Ven, Ven TV. Yeah, Ven TV. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ven TV and stuff like that. So I feel like a lot of people's story is kind of, Similar to that, it just started with them doing something and then it evolved into something else. You can't think about, I guess, the long game. You need to have those end goals for sure, but take it a day at a time. And again, I, I always say for me and a lot of people I feel get caught up in this is uh, they'll they'll stream like every day or something like that. It's not about quantity. It's about quality and the quality of content that you're producing. You could go one day a week. But if you're producing some high quality content that people enjoy, you're you know, they're going to be there. They're going to uh, uh, do that stuff and then learn about marketing and and promoting and, and stuff like that. It, like this very much again, that world is very much intertwined with, uh, you know, getting that stream out, getting I mean, again, it's it's you creating your own channel. You want eyeballs to go and, and watch your channel and watch the content that you're producing. How do you do that? You have to market and and promote your content. How do you do that effectively and stuff like that? So I love the fact that streaming really encompasses so many different sides uh, of of just the world and, and life in general. You really kind of start putting your hands in, into all kinds of different things. And that's the beauty of it is that, you know, you may start finding yourself gravitate towards, you know, I really like the business side of this. You know, there's a career for that. Or I really like the streaming side and I'm entertaining and people, you know, come in and watch, you know, you'll, you're more of a talent side. There's something for everybody within these genres and within gaming. So that, you know, I, again, I would say just, just do, just do, um, let me let me ask you uh, a question real quick. Uh, as far as as far as gaming, I know that uh, Pokemon definitely uh, is is your is your fave. But what would you say in your gaming history was was a definitive gaming moment for you in a game? I mean, oh man. Um, so so you mean like a moment in in a game story that that I ex- experienced? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, honestly, one of the ones that that I always go back to, and I feel like sometimes I'm I'm beating a dead horse here, <laughs> but okay. So I'll choose a different moment from the first Last of Us. But the the ending to the first game really hit hard to me because it required not only critical thinking, it had emotional complexity to it. It had 
a moment that I had not really seen games have that I'd only seen in other mediums, like a movie or a book. And it was the moment where I'm like, oh my goodness, like gaming is growing up. Like gaming, like gaming as a, a mature storytelling medium is here. Like the ending made me tear up a little bit. You know, it made me sit there and think about what I would have done. You know, it made me have a discussion with friends on whether we thought it was the right thing to do and what happened in the game. I mean, it was it was a moment where I'm like any good art will keep you t- t- talking about it long after it finishes. And that was like a moment where I'm like, whoa (laughs) like that is something that is just crazy uh for entirely different reasons i know i think back to when i first discovered a game like super smash brothers and like i remember nights in high school and into college and just having a bunch of friends over and playing and just 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 having a blast and that was a moment where i'm like like gaming truly can bring people together like no other medium can you know we can all sit in a room and watch a movie but we also have to be quiet to really take in the movie and you know we can all read a book but we're all reading at our own pace we can all experience gaming together in one moment and all have like wildly different reactions and and like it's it's a shared moment like some of my best memories growing up are centered around gaming I agree. I I mean, dude, I mean, again, you're talking about Goldeneye. I can't, you know, like so many times sitting around the N64 playing Goldeneye or Mario Kart or, you know, again, it it just games have just always been uh, a part of my life. And I think you're you said something there. You said, you know, seeing gaming video games mature has been awesome because I do remember a time where it's like, you know, there's not really any kind of heavy plots or, or, you know what I mean? Doing too much critical thinking as far as with that. Whereas now I feel like games are almost like I, we've become these characters in these playable animated movies or, or whatever. And we are a part of that story. So it's like, I'm not going to lie. I've absolutely shed some tears on some games. Just like, Oh, I wasn't ready for it. (laughs) You know, it makes me think of a game like telltales, of the walking dead, where sometimes the choices you're making means somebody's going to die and somebody's going to live and you're choosing and you, your choice is there a reason why one character doesn't make it? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it puts you in this crazy mindset of something like that. And that was the first time I've ever played a game where, like, I guess the choices that you were making really had an impact on which way the story went. And I was like, this is amazing and terrifying at the same time because I don't want to make the wrong decision. <laughs> it's like, I like you, but I also like you. Somebody's going to die, aren't they? <laughs> I don't want anybody to die. I like option C, please. <laughs> but it's great. I love the fact that, and, and knowing that, but you have these game developing companies uh, that are exploring more of this stuff as they're seeing people, you know, really had these experiences seeing the successes of these games. Another one is, and I just recently played it with Detroit become human. Gosh, that game is so gorgeous, but, but not only beyond the gorgeousness of the game, just how it plays out and how it literally is a, if uh, for some of these older folks, those choose your own adventure game uh, books, right. Where, where you do this and that, and it can go in so many different directions. It, 
it was a feeling like that, but what a gorgeous, gorgeous story uh, to package that all up into as well. I am, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that it took me so long to play that game. Cause I'd still like to go back and run it a few more times to see what some of the other endings and stuff like that are. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it's amazing just how far video games and that whole experience is. And again, you know, we've talked about that too, where we are on the infancy. I feel like we're in the infancy of, of video games really starting to, I think we're starting to see it take shape as to what the future of video games is going to be. And it's super exciting. It really is. And, you know, it's fun to, to be, in the middle of it, in the midst of it, you know, it's fun to see if, you know, when we look back on our gaming lives to see like the, the giant leaps in visuals and then gameplay and then storytelling that this industry is taking is it's amazing to think like, you know, when I, when I first got my, my Xbox to think that games could do and tell the stories they are now would have been crazy to me. Like I never would have thought it would be doing that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's fun to be in the midst of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let me let me ask then what what is so we we discussed a little bit beforehand, but what would you say for 2021? What do you want to see or what is your your what do you think will happen? What what could you see happening uh, next year in the gaming uh, space? Okay, so I have a two parter here. And I think one is probably much more likely than the other. So I'm going to start with (laughs) with what I hope is the easier prediction. I think Nintendo is going to have a Nintendo Direct to talk about Breath of the Wild 2. And the release date will be within two months of that Nintendo Direct. I think it's going to be one of the, let's talk about it, and it's about to come out. Crossing my fingers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They sit. They, I, I feel like they tend to do it like that too. They're usually pretty, pretty quick on the ball once they've announced something that they that you know. I mean, they it moves forward pretty quickly. I feel. And the second part, the one that I'm much less confident about, but I really, really, really want this one to be true. We are going to get our first look and release date for Metroid Prime Four. Oh, Come on, Nintendo! It's been that, years. Dude. It's been years since that announcement was made. <laughs> Come on, Samus. We need to bring her back. We, we need do. to bring her back. We do. I I was so pumped, and I know that that production had some troubles, and they kind of just had to restart. But it still has been a while since then. I'm ready for it. We need it, Ryan. What I about agree. yourself? What are your predictions for 2021? For me, uh, uh, I I think that we will see a Switch Pro next year i wouldn't be surprised and to couple that you know what i mean to take one of those bigger titles or something like that marry it with the switch pro bada bing bada boom uh you know what i mean i could see nintendo doing that plus it's kind of an off year too and and the switch sales have been absolutely incredible throughout so i think a switch pro would play out well i don't know exactly what that would mean internally and i think that there's been some speculation i don't know if there's been any kind of hard evidence as far as with that but i remember hearing something about that this 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 year about uh them unofficially announcing a switch pro so i wouldn't be surprised for them to say it and then maybe a month later be like here it is to the world or something like that i feel like they're quick on the on, on the ball as far as with announcing and then and then dropping the actual product yeah, you know, and to that end, if they did come out with a Switch Pro, 
I mean, Breath of the Wild 2 and Metroid Prime 4 would be great launch titles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The other big thing, too, I think, uh, is we see the relevance and we see more about cloud gaming. I think we step even deeper into that. I've been messing around, dude, with uh, Amazon Luna, and it's solid. It is a solid gaming platform. I've been playing on my Fire TV. I got the controller. I don't have any issues within my house. I tried playing it when I was in uh, when I was on vacation in, in Northern Nevada, rural Nevada, and uh, it was basically unplayable. There's too much lag from the controller and stuff like that. But again, that era, that that uh, internet was not the uh, greatest. It wasn't, you know what I mean, anything. So like that, I feel like that was on the extreme side. But what a solid connection, dude! I have had absolutely no issues uh, with Luna. Uh, there's another one called Rainway that I've been trying out. It basically mirrors your PC, but you can play that on, uh, that's also on Fire TV as well. It's an app on Fire TV. I've had less of a good experience with that. The interface from controller to, because it's on PC, like the buttons don't match up and like, it's weird. Uh, I haven't really had a chance to dig in deep with that, but I could see more things launching. I could see some of them kind of shifting away uh, from that, that, that uh, dealing with the app store uh, issue that we saw uh, and, and some of them have experienced, I could see them going more of the uh, the lunar route where they're just using it as a web-based thing as opposed to it being an actual app. They get around the, uh, the uh, Apple uh, restrictions that they had within their app store. And then we started getting more. Cause I want more. I want to be able to play. I love being able to play and not really, but like it, it's nice to be able to like sit in my bedroom and just play on my TV. I could pop up my iPad and just play it on my iPad. I could play it anywhere. You know what I mean? I could just have it off to the side. And, and, and it's these games, like I've been playing Legion, uh, using Amazon. I don't, I haven't even played it on my PC anymore. I've strictly been using, uh, uh, Luna to play Legion. So, you know, uh, again, man, like I, I could really see, I'm excited to see where cloud go, uh, cloud gaming goes, uh, here this next year. Yeah, that is exciting. Cause it, it, it really does feel like we're in, uh, the formative time of a really big sea change in gaming and the doors wide open. And it'll be interesting to see what companies step up and really start to push the boundaries there. You know, it, it was kind of ironic that I was reading online that people were saying one of the best ways to play cyberpunk, if you didn't have a gaming PC was Stadia of all things. Yep. <laughs> yep. So it'll be interesting. Like you wonder if Google can turn Stadia around, like you, you wonder if they can change people's minds enough or is a company like Amazon going to come in and kind of start to, to dominate? because they have the, the name without the baggage that Stadia has, or do we see somebody else start to come in? And and so it'll be fun. It's going to be interesting. And at the start is exciting too, because I think you'll see companies really innovate as they're working to establish themselves as the dominant players. So you're going to see a lot of, of new ideas kind of come into play. Yeah, and you know, here's my biggest thing as far as what Stadia is. I think their model is not a good model uh, because you have to pay for the service and then you also have to pay for the games. So you're technically, you. it's not really, in some of the games, I think some of the games will link into your Steam account uh, in the Stadia, like Destiny 2. I think I could play Destiny 2 on Stadia and the progress will 
push over, I believe. I'm not 100% sure, but that's my one problem with it is that now I have to pay full price on top of on top of a subscription fee to play these games on Stadia. Like it doesn't there's no incentive to get it. It's like why why Right. I already own this game. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just connect to my my Steam library, and then I'll have more of a chance of you know I'm just gonna buy this on Stadia since I'm already playing all my games on Stadia, as opposed to oh well I I had this game for Stadia but I can't really access it or play it on any other platform. Um, I think they're gonna continue to see struggles unless they 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 make a shift and and you're starting to see now with them, they are starting to offer more and stuff like that. So I see that they are trying to build out, but I think that was their one fatal mistake was just kind of their model of how they, it didn't make sense to do that. Whereas like a Luna that taps directly into my Ubisoft uh, account. So I'm able to, I was able to pick up Legion like that. I've got the division two, I've got uh, a Breakpoint or whatever uh, uh, ghost recon. Um, I want that, that again, that ability to, Hey, I've got, I, I played this game on my PC, but this is just linking to my account and my account has all my saves and this and that. Now I can take that stuff and now I can play it on my TV or I can play it, you know, wherever. Um, I, I think that's the route to go. And I think you'll see more and more because we have steams, uh, steams got their stuff. Um, who knows what they plan on doing with Game Pass and, and Microsoft? Um, they, I, I think it's going to be an exciting time. I think uh, there's there's a lot of developments, and and I think we'll see some some progress moving forward in the cloud gaming space in 2021. You know, it and it's interesting because with the struggles that Stadia has seen, you know, it makes me think back to to the Xbox One and how their messaging early on was not great <laughs> to people <laughs> and it really the narrative really didn't change until they released the xbox one x a little bit and then with the series x so i almost wonder if, if google would just be better off making a quote stadia 2 and just trying to like relaunch the brand and and just trying to to wipe wipe the slate clean as much as they can because like like so many people were turned off to stadia right from the get-go that it's going to be hard to convince anybody to come back like i mean because the the narrative was so much of the what are you guys doing (laughs) yeah and now that there's so much competition i just wonder if a, a a relaunch of sorts would do them good at this point uh, yeah, that it's tough, and because I imagine there's a lot of back end work that'd be involved in something like that. So I don't know that you know what I mean. Like, how would you even go 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 and and rebuild the infrastructure of a of a gaming service like that? Again, I don't know what would go into it, but uh, that was always my issue with it. It felt like they just rushed it to try to be the first uh ones out there offering cloud gaming and i felt like if they would have just taken their time because the other companies and people were already in development for that stuff i don't feel like it was worth the rush to get it out there because now they've only hurt you know how do you bring something like that back right how do you now compete with these other you know these other services i mean geforce now i you know i'm I'm, i that was like in in beta that was absolutely amazing but then when you had the companies once they started uh, uh charging the subscription when you had these companies backing out and pulling their games because well we didn't come to any kind of 
like uh, any kind of deal or anything like that. That really hurt GeForce Now. But that, you know, I was I was standing pretty hard for for GeForce Now. I still think it's a solid cloud gaming platform. But again, you're going to go where the games are and where I can access my games, uh, especially the ones that I've always purchased. But that's more of the model that I lean towards. And I think you'll see these companies trying to accommodate that uh why why try to make people spend even more money on games that they already own you know i i think the 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 mindset a lot of a lot of these companies are shifting towards hey we don't care how you game we just want you to game with us you know exactly and the, the one never made sense to me about google rushing stadia out is you're google like whenever you release stadia you were going to get headlines you were going to get press and you were going to get attention like there if there was one company that didn't need to rush it it was google like i like i don't i don't get that <laughs> it didn't yeah i don't know it's it's weird again i mean of course i'm i'm speculating they i'm sure they had some they, they had plans and stuff in place i I just don't think the execution, I think the execution on it could have been better and it could have been more successful because uh, essentially it was just, just been in beta. You know what I mean? And and it's still kind of almost in a beta period where they're starting to do stuff and things are settling down a lot more now. Uh, but there was a lot that was offered out the gate and it took them a while to actually catch up with the stuff that they had promised was going to happen, which I, again, I feel like you put yourself into a bad position. It's almost like that, uh, no man's sky, uh, or, uh, that you, that you get into, you promise the world, but when you deliver, you deliver half of what, if that of what you were talking about. Yeah. But the other stuff's going to come later, but yeah, I paid for that stuff now. (laughs) Don't tell me, you know what I mean? Otherwise be clear about what your intention is or be clear about what you're doing, but let's call it what it is. You know, let's, let's not, uh, (laughs) come on now. You ain't fooling nobody. (laughs) So, so right. I've got, I've got one more question to ask you and I'm, I, this is going to be a little bit of a surprise, <laughs> so I'm interested to hear your answer. <laughs> we talk a lot about our favorite games. What is one of the worst games you've ever played? <laughs> oh, man. One of the worst games I have ever played. Ooh, jeez. Or most disappointing. Let me let me put it that way. You know, I I feel like I take something from every game that I play. It's it's hard for me to, especially within recent years, I haven't really gone out. I mean, you see my backlog. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so it's not, I, I play a lot of the same games, I guess, uh, that I enjoy. Uh, man, that's, that's a, a tough one for me. Um, hold on. Can I, can I, can I, can I ask you what yours is? And then we come back to me real quick. Yes, yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I have, I have uh, two answers to this question. The worst oh. game that I've played, which ironically is a game that I actually kind of love because I think it's so bad. It's actually like, like charming is deadly premonition. <laughs> that game is broken gameplay wise. The story is ridiculously weird but like it's kind of like a cult classic now it's kind of like a b movie where it's so bad that that people like kind of enjoy it to the point where they made a deadly premonition too like of all things (laughs) that's hilarious but one of the games that i was most disappointed in and ryan 
don't hate me for this answer. <laughs> the oh, first same. destiny, the first destiny. I have to say, I okay. What gameplay wise, the first destiny destiny is great and solid, and like like I love the gameplay wise. The story was story was just like Terrible. like I don't even know what the story was fully. <laughs> like, like there was no they they hit it in grimoire cards that you had to go online to search for. It was yeah yeah I totally get that. Yeah, the the moment they're telling me you have to go do research outside of the game to figure out what the story is, I'm like, nope, <laughs> like I, I don't know, I don't know what you're thinking. I'm gonna do, but it's not that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why they built it out that way. I feel like it has gotten better and a lot more of it is now being incorporated into the game uh, as far as story wise and whatnot. But yeah, that really it that was a struggle for Destiny 1 because that story was so broken and it was so hard to follow. Uh, man, that's terrible. That's I, terrible. I remember there was a line from the first Destiny. I don't remember exactly now, but one of the characters basically said, like, I don't have time to explain why I don't have time to explain or something like that. I'm like, yes. no! I'm like, no! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that is dirty. That is dirty. Right? I'm like, I think we do have time to explain. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Dude, all right, so... So mine is actually, I do, I have two of them. The first one being, and we talked about it on the show, Crucible. Crucible was, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, they just walked away from it. I mean, they ended up walking away from it. I felt like it had potential. It was almost, it was a MOBA, but it was like a more of a hybrid MOBA. It felt, it's, I don't want to say necessarily like Overwatch, but it felt closer to an Overwatch. Uh, which I enjoyed. I enjoyed that 3D MOBA uh, feel to it. But uh, yeah, that just ended up tanking. And that was like one of the strangest things seeing that game come out. That was Amazon's first official game to come out. They brought it out. They took it back off the shelf, put it back in the beta. And then they said, you know what? We're just done. We're walking away. Uh, So that was super disappointing. And then there was this game uh, by the makers of Dead by Daylight called Death Garden. And that game, I enjoyed that game. A lot of people did not enjoy that game. Uh, it was different, and it was very much kind of the same four, four or five v one mentality as uh, uh, Dead by Daylight, except for it was a lot faster. Um, but yeah, that game, it, it like I enjoyed it, but it just didn't didn't have it. It wasn't there. The community fizzled out pretty quickly, and they ended up having to shelve that game as well. So. For me, it was Death Garden and uh, uh, Crucible that that ended up being uh, pretty disappointing for me. You know, we we've given a lot of flack about Cyberpunk, but was there a worse release in the history of gaming than Crucible? Like, has there ever been a game where they're just like, never mind, we're unreleasing it? <laughs> like- <laughs> never mind, this game doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, you got to shoot your shot, right? Yeah, they, they 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 took a stab at it. And it didn't work out. I guess I guess it was smart of them. The the part that I can't appreciate is the fact that they didn't play around or try to just string people along 
they came to the realization pretty quickly that this wasn't working out and that they were going to move on. They moved on to their MMO and and really kind of reallocated those resources into these other games that have more potential. So the fact that they were able to make those decisions pretty quickly, I am uh, I'm happy to see that. You you hate to see a game struggle or or to even do something like this, but for them to be able to make those moves in such a d- divisive uh uh you know what I mean? The internet is is crazy. So for them to do that, knowing what was going to come later on, and and I felt like they they didn't really get much slack for it either, uh, because they were able to move it pretty quickly. And they said, you know what, guys, this isn't working out. We're gonna we're gonna focus on other things. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. I actually like to see more companies make decisions like that when a game just is like, ah, I don't think so. Anthem. Literally, literally the, 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 the team, the smaller team for Anthem 2.0, that, that guy is now on Dragon Age. So I don't think Anthem 2.0 is going to be a thing at all. Uh, very dis- that that is the disappointing game. That is the dis- yeah. What are they? How do they forget about that? Anthem is the big flop for me. Anthem makes me want to break tables and flip things over. <laughs> that is the game that had you were supposed to be the chosen one. Come on, I, I will say sometimes gaming companies have a really bad habit of just not <laughs> talking about games that are doing really badly, and they're just like. We're just gonna pretend it's not there. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, terrible. Yeah, I, I got that game for myself on both platforms. I I got it for friends. Oh, this is the game. This is the one. Come on, join me, friends. And then that uh, that fizzled out pretty quickly. I can't believe I forgot. Like that's how bad it was. I blocked that from my mind as that being a game that that even I the flying mechanics in it was is is amazing. I'm not gonna lie. I love the flying mechanics, but like that game was a shell of a game. It, it truly was. Uh, so disappointing. That's when your gaming friends were like, Ryan, we thought we thought you liked us. Why did you gift us this game? Let's get it. I know. <laughs> look, look, we don't say the A word on you know in stream anymore. We don't talk about it. It's the game that has no name. <laughs> Can, okay. Can, let me let me just be perfectly just just transparent then. For for games this year, I'm just gonna bring the caveat that Sandra is amazing in Avengers. The campaign is pretty cool. Man, that game, though, the multiplayer aspect is so disappointing. So disappointing. I haven't even gone back, dude, since since PS5 dropped. I know Kate Bishop got released, and I think there were some some changes. I would like to go back and, and pick it up again, but... To be honest, I have had absolutely zero desire to do so. Yeah, I'm, there's you know, there's a good Avengers game trapped in kind of a bad multiplayer Avengers game, and it's a shame. And you know, looking back on how they marketed that game, totally deceptive marketing. Like like the the way that game is didn't come in until really late in their marketing like like for the longest time that was just strictly look like a story-based avengers game and then as we got later uh that nope <laughs> that wasn't what we it's got a surprise it's actually an mmo <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ish. 
ish. It's an MMO-ish. Yeah, that, that's like, a game I, that I really, 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 really wanted to like. And that was a game that I thought I was going to put in like countless hours into. And like yourself, man, I've had no desire to go back to it. It's hard. It's hard, man. Like, I don't I don't know what they I mean, again, that's another one where like I don't know that you can recover. You can you could throw new people in and stuff like that, which is going to be fun. It's going to bring some people back a little bit. But again, if you don't, there's no there's not enough content in there. There's not enough meaningful content to want to grind and repeat and do it's just i mean that's what it turned into it turned very stale uh pretty quickly because the content within the mmo section of it uh just isn't i mean i can't even call it an mmo really because it's you just partying up with people it's more of a co-op i guess uh as opposed to mmo so i just don't know i like it, it suffered it has an identity crisis i feel like as far as with that game I feel, and we talked about it before, they should have stuck more to just the story campaign stuff. They could add in some DLC stuff later on or whatever. I think it was a mistake of them trying to make it an online game. And that really, that really hurt the game. It really, really hurt the game. Cause like you said, the campaign was fantastic. The gameplay was fun. It was fun being the characters. And then you have this thing that says online multiplayer. And it's like, like what what is this there is no meaning there's no point to this uh again i need to have those warm and fuzzies when i get loot drops and stuff like that i need a reason to want to go and grind for loot if you don't do that that's what it is yeah it was like a yeah it was like an online looter shooter like sort of ish type of thing and and again for me if if you're gonna be a looter shooter you better have a bunch of loot and a bunch of pew pew pews. Uh, if you don't have those, <laughs> we got a problem. <laughs> you know, it's funny because we had talked about this before. Since that game got delayed to September, that we we had talked about, they didn't have time to have a bad launch. Like they had to make a strong impression right off the bat. Otherwise, the new consoles and Cyberpunk were gonna swallow it up, and it did. Like both did, maybe for very different reasons, but but it just it just got forgotten. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, I think that's uh, the toughest part about it, too, is is just the these companies, you know, I, I, I always wonder what happens in those aftermath meetings as they see things not, you know what I mean? Like to be able to be a fly on a wall and sit in on a conversation, just kind of get into their minds as far as what they're thinking or, you know, do do you just say, you know what, we walk away from this? Or, I mean, it was, it was, it's a huge major blockbuster franchise is a triple A game. Like, like, can you walk away from like something like that? Or do you try to throw some resources at it and say, Hey, here's, here's a better roadmap. I think that's where you start. You start with a better roadmap and go from there, drop a lot more content. You know, uh, again, how do you add, I mean, it's a looter shooter, but like, there's not a lot of stuff in there that changes what you're able to do, I guess, as you get these drops. So for me, like, you know, I need drops that feel special, that feel one of a kind, that do something, uh, you know, again, uh, Destiny Destiny does a great job. Destiny 2 does a great job. Uh, Borderlands, uh, come on, that's like the pinnacle of looter shooters and just the variety of weapons and different things that you can get makes it worth the grind. So, you know, I I would love to see them uh, do something in in 2021, but I don't know where you go 
with that, if they continue putting, I'd love to see more characters. I'd love to see actually more from the story side of things. Uh, I would absolutely, you know what I mean? I'd drop a little bit on, on some more DLC content uh, for the story-wise. I say you just scrap the online stuff and uh, kind of try to rework that into all just story campaign content. That would be fantastic. Yeah, it had it had the reverse Destiny One problem. A fairly good story, <laughs> but the bad online gameplay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. Oh, before we forget too, uh we were actually nominated for award. Uh, Lucas, you want to lay it on us, man? Yeah, so we uh, were nominated for a Golden Crane Podcast Award. Uh, it was it, that award ceremony is put on by the Asian American Podcast Association. So Ryan, I hope we win. It, it, the The awards are the night that we record this episode. So, so I'm gonna do my trademark. Yay, we won! Or you know what? It was great just to be nominated. So no matter what happens, <laughs> both we have both reactions on record right now. But no, seriously, it's it's humbling for us to be nominated. Uh, it's it's amazing to see what we're doing resonate with people, and it, it's. I mean, we wouldn't be here without people listening. We wouldn't be here without people enjoying what we're doing. So just a thank you to everybody. And uh, it's been a pretty crazy year for us. Yeah, it really has. And that is what a what a huge honor to uh, just to be recognized. Uh, it's been fantastic. And that's been from the support of you guys out there uh, listening, checking out the show and whatnot. Like we said, this is a this is a, a dream come true for us to be able to sit here and, and, and talk video games uh, with you guys, and and just the fact that you guys are supporting and listening, we really do appreciate it. We've got all kinds of big things planned for next year as well uh, to kick the show up a notch. More exciting guests, we we can't wait to uh, uh, get more people on, and just to see where the show goes. So a big thank you to you guys as well for for supporting us and, and listening, downloading, telling your friends. Uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Again, this is the the end of the year. It has been an amazing year. Lucas, uh, what are your plans uh, for, for New Year's Eve, New Year's, and getting into 2021? I am not a big partier anyway, and especially with this year, obviously nobody should be. So I'm one of those <laughs> that I will stay up till midnight, wish my girlfriend a happy new year, and promptly go to bed. <laughs> like I, I'm just, I'm just one of those people. What about yourself? <laughs> just chilling, man. Yeah, like you said, I'll be uh, chilling, and um, uh, we're gonna hang out as a family. And I, I'm, I'm excited to not have to work it. Uh, knock on wood. So, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Other than that, though, we're just excited to uh, get into uh, next year and and do some big things. So. Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you guys have a fantastic new year. Don't forget to yell Jumanji uh, once we cross. <laughs> and we'll see you guys in the new year. You know what it is. We love your faces.